Jimmy's internet turned into potato there. <laughs> is it even recording? It says stop recording down here, but does, does, Jimmy does is it recording, recording at the top? It's recording. Hello. It's been so long, I forgot even how to record a podcast. But welcome to a brand new episode of The Greatest Movie Ever with your host, Jamie. Joined with Jared and Aaron. How the devil are you in this 2023 first podcast of the year? Smashing it. Glad to be back. It's been far too long and I'm buzzing to be back. And I think it's a good topic. To start with, back to the list, back to the top tens. We screwed up. Uh, we like we went down a path of um, reviewing films, like we did that Highlander one-off. I think that killed us off. It, and Highlander <laughs> killed it off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one and I'm done. Sure we picked up my film, but we never actually watched it. <laughs> have, have you actually watched? Um... What was it, Starship Troopers yet? Starship Troopers, no, I never watched it. No, but we can no. watch it. We will watch this. We'll watch it one day. I it's sure. hard to watch films. Nowadays, I have to actually go to the cinema. I know it sounds weird, but like I have to go to the cinema because I'm in a, like, a hostel. There's no TV. So if I actually want to watch something, I have to go to the cinema. Obviously, you are keeping busy with your job. Obviously, you can't say too much about what you're doing, but you're a busy guy. I'll say everything. <laughs> but oh. obviously you may see jared on a uh, instagram doing little photos of like oh i'm in a new place today in a new place today in a new place all the time no. so i heard that cool. jared's responsible for babylon the last three minutes can we just <laughs> babylon the last three minutes that, it's phenomenal the ending like that last i've not seen it i've not seen it i've not seen it but no, like the movie is obviously uh, not that great. And I was really frustrated with it. I, I gave it like two stars. I gave it one star. Then the ending made me give it one and a half stars. Um, <laughs> but like literally that that montage at the end is beautiful. But you've got to love the soundtrack. You have to watch the whole thing. Justin Hurwitz's score is the best part about the film. That sounded like a dart song. Yeah, it's funny as well. Like I said, that the last episode we did was um, towards the end of uh, last year in December. We did the draft, which uh, is going okay for some, um, not so good for others, Aaron. But you know, um, Quantum Mania's messed you up a little bit there. A little bit. We're going to make a film about fucking shoe. How did we know? And it's got 97% of Rotten Tomatoes mm-hmm. at the moment. Air. There was no talk about this film and then it's just come out and it's like... Apparently it's even though, like, with the, with the trailers for, like, Dungeons and Dragons, you know, like, that... That's, that has, that's got a fresh rating of Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, you, you can't even go from the trailers anymore. Yeah. But I know, like, since we've... um Since the year, we've... uh. We've all joined Letterbox. We're all kind of getting mm. a little bit obsessed with that. Um, yeah, some I, of the you reviews making me laugh. Aaron didn't know what he was doing at one point and just decided to just review loads of films back to back to back to back and just put in... Didn't oh, like this. <laughs> I put on 921 films and I've reviewed... I've not written reviews for them all, but I've given every single one a rating. But you've got your uh, diaries. You've updated that since the 24th of March. So you've yeah, I was putting... Uh, it was... Yeah, it was noted out that I was putting like I was just reviewing films that I'd watched like years ago, and then putting that I'd watched them like 
on the day no. I was reviewing them. So I had to, I had to delete like all the dates. Yeah, but I'm, they're all right now. So uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah I am enjoying it. Of March, it's all there. Yeah, yeah. I, lo- I love the feature. It shows you. I do love that diary feature. Like I said, I only started from the start of this academic year, but it's always good to look back at the academic year at the start of the calendar year. Sorry, I'm in my college mode there. But um, yeah, like <laughs> the best thing is when we get to the end of the year and we start doing the films of the year, we can just look back on our own diary and just go, oh, this is mm-hmm. what I've watched this year, rather than trying to go through Google. But I have a mm-hmm. folder as well. I didn't know if you knew you could create like a little folder. So I've got new films of 2023. So when I've watched the I film have, that was released yeah, in 23, I'll drag it into that yeah. 23 folder that I can go, these are the films I've watched. The amount yeah. of times I've rated a film on there and Jared's is the exact same rating as what I've given it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I am, I'm hypercritical. Like, no film this year will be a four and a half star. There's just no chance. The thing is... So, like, I was explaining to my mate about, like, if I give someone two stars, like, it's all right. Like, I'd, I'd watch it. That's yeah. how I see it. If, if it's anything below that, then I, I wouldn't watch it again. Um, but still, uh, what like, was the worst movie you've ever seen, Jared? All right, the issue is, yeah, you got to think of it like this. It's a five-star rating, so if you give it four and a half, you're giving it a nine out of ten. Exactly. That's an unbelievable yeah. score for a film. Yeah, yeah. So what happens if you give it half a star, Jared? It doesn't mean it's bad. It just means it's not stellar. What if you give it half a star, Jared? Uh, uh, If it gets half a star, it's called Swiss Army Man. This is the worst movie (laughs) I have ever seen. I hate everything about this film. I laughed at parts, but how did they go on to make a best picture film? I will never know. Because it's the Daniels, isn't it? Is it the Daniels who went on to do everything everyone wants? I hated the whole film. I hated everything about it. Strong words by a strong man. I feel like this should be like a full topic. Like we should do the next but, uh, episode of reviewing yeah, reviewing the letterbox. Um we should just go through our letterboxes and just go through the best ones and just see what's going on there. But to all our listeners, if you do want to follow us and see what we're up to on Letterbox, uh, you can follow Jared Holt at Jar Jar619. Copy my six one nine there, Jared. I like that. Jar Jar619. J A R J A R the numbers 619 you can follow aaron at reptilia 94 that's r-e-p-t-i-l-i-a and the numbers nine four what's my username i don't even know oh it's crawford 619 i think let's have a look j crawford 619 that's j-c-r-a-w-f-o-r-d and the numbers 619 we should Aaron, you should have changed it from Reptilia 94 to Reptilia 619. We could have been the 619 crew. We, <laughs> we could have been it. Boys. I've had that 619 <laughs> since I was like a kid. Since you were a kid, the 619. You're a big Rey Mysterio fan, are you, Jared? I hate wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's the area code for Mexico. Is it? Fair yes. That's why Rey Mysterio has the 619. But yeah, we're not here to that, talk like, about that Booyaka song, innit? And then, like, Booyaka, Booyaka, yeah, 619. That's Rey Mysterio, yes. But if you do want to listen to a wrestling podcast, you can listen to Grapplecast with myself. But um, we're here to talk about films. And this episode is all about the greatest directors ever. And I'm sure you've had fun making these lists. Obviously, Aaron's favorite film of all time up there, Star Wars. But there's no George Lucas in sight, I'm sure. Not today, not today. Sir. Not today. <laughs> but I mean, what better place to start anyway? As always, going alphabetically, the double A run himself, 
do you have any honourable mentions and who is your number 10 of the greatest director ever? I'm going to put a disclaimer at the start before Ooh. I start my list. Of, um, this list isn't going to be pretentious at all. It's just going to be literally my favourite director. So I'm not going to put yeah, on my like, people who I think are the best. They're literally my, my favourite ones. So I'm not putting Alfred Hitchcock on. I'm sorry. No, I could. I, Excuse me. Obviously, <laughs> yeah. There's some big, big, big names missing from mine. To be fair, but honourable mentions wise, I wanted to give a shout out to Rob Renner, Paul Thomas Anderson, John Ford, Clint Eastwood, and Guy Ritchie. But the one, there's only one person that I feel guilty for not putting on the list, and I really do. Uh, and it was a toss-up bef- between this person and my number 10 choice. But the person that I'm going to le- sadly leave out is uh, Peter Jackson. Um, I know he's obviously on... In- he, he hasn't. But unlike George Lucas, he did stick with Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. So directing all the way through. Um, and as well, I mean, if you've watched Get Back, I mean, it's probably the best documentary of all time. Um, so I do feel guilty for, and, and especially the documentaries you see, even at making Lord of the Rings, it seems like so crazy to even do some. Nothing's nothing's on that scale. No, no one's really done anything on that scale. So he's the person I feel guilty for leaving out. But my number ten uh, is going to be the King of Style, Mr. Wes Anderson. Oh, that's uh, so funny. Because before you joined, I actually said to Jamie, I had Wes Anderson as my number 10 because of his See? style. Mm-hmm. But he's not just, Wes Anderson's on mine just because, like, I, I just remember, I think, the, I'm trying to think of the first fir- film that I saw. Oh, Tenenbaums, most likely. Maybe. But I think the one that stood out was Grand, Bre- uh, Grand Budapest and just seeing all that colour and then finding out, like, his other films are very similar in the same sort of style and it's so unique to him you can you can literally put on a film for 10 15 seconds and you know it's Wes Anderson maybe even like a frame you could see and it it consistent as well there's been a couple of duds um but he's not only done like the live action he's done the animation and um he's one of the only people are are doing that stop animation as well um so yeah Wes Anderson um had to make the list but it's unfortunate to be uh, Peter Jackson. Okay, where's Anderson at number 10? Um, alphabet- alphabetically next is myself. So I do have three honourable mentions. Um, this is going to be the biggest controversial one, most likely out of all of them, but Quentin Tarantino is an honourable mention. Jesus Jared Christ. Jared's face just going, oh, Jesus Christ. We've, Jesus. We've stooped down to this level. Yes, yeah. I thought we'd just get the, that controversy out there. So I just want to say as well, before I do go through my list, I've predicted who the top three directors will be off all three of our lists. I've wrote them down here and we will see if we're right, well, if I'm right at the end. But I do feel like they will be the top three. And one of those three isn't on my list, but I reckon they'll be high on yours. Pardon? 
said you couldn't have paid me to not put Quentin Tarantino on my list. Mm. Well, but no, unfortunately, Tarantino. I'm not a massive Pulp Fiction fan. You know that. Fair anyway. Neither uh, am I, but like, it's all right. I'm, 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 I'm about, I'm about to uh, knock Aaron's socks off even a little bit more now as well by saying another honourable mention of Tony Scott. Yeah, he was one of my honourable mentions, you know, and um, yeah. he's got a few great films, but um, there's not that many. Romance, Top Gun. Got, yeah. Um, but yeah. no, unfortunately, he had to miss out. And the other one is for my boy, Kieran. Akira Kurosawa, Seven Samurai, Rashomon. Unfortunately, Kieran, I apologise. I know he would have been your number one. He would have got a 10 in your eyes, but he's getting a zero on tonight's show. Um. So my number 10 is a little bit, I'm going to say controversial to a degree because he's only really directed three films. Uh, he did really come from TV uh, and he did a few TV directing, but he is mainly a writer. However, the, the films that he has directed, I've really enjoyed. Obviously, he's my favourite writer. It's Aaron Sorkin. Um, he's directed Molly's Game, The Trial of the Chicago 7, and he also did the uh, Meet the Ricardos in 2021 as well um so all three films have been well received in some regard they've obviously been nominated for awards but aaron sorkin's one of my favorite writers and i just had to throw his name on there because i love the man but um Charles chicago 7 was good i really enjoyed it and he's got that unique style as well that you know you're watching an aaron sorkin film so i had to put him on there so he got his mention jared hello um, right, uh, obviously there's so many honourable mentions that you could mention, but I kept it to like the elite for me. So I've gone for Fong Ju Ho. I think Parasite and Snowpiercer was so good. Um, Alejandro Gonzalez Inorito. I think Birdman and stuff. It's so close. Them two were really close to make it on the list. But number 10, I've given it to Alfonso Cuaron. I just love that scene in, you know, Children of Men where he's in the car and he does all, he always does these long shots and it just works so well. Like, I don't know about you, but when I watched Gravity for the first time, I was like, this is sick. Like, I know there was a lot of space films at the time, but for me, that was the one that stood out. And then you've got like probably the best Harry Potter film. And then. Roma that got robbed. Thing. Well, I don't know who who won the best picture that year. In what year? Sorry. Uh, Roma's year. Uh, Roma lost out to Green Book, didn't it? It probably got robbed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I remember seeing your review of Green Book. Like, should have won best picture. I'm pretty sure you put on Letterbox. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you did put that. No, I, like, I, you... I don't know. Actually, I think I prefer <laughs> Green Book. But Spike hates that film, doesn't he? Spike Lee hates Green Book. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will double check to make sure I am right with that, but I'm pretty sure it was uh, Green Book that beat Roma that year. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, he's got another film called, I mean, I'm not going to try and pronounce it, but I watched it and I did like it. So every film he's done, I'd say, has been sick. It's been sick. Well, I'm just double checking on here and... It does look like it is. Yeah, Roma, A Star is Born, Vice, The Favourite, Bohemian Rhapsody, Black Panther, Black Klansman, Green Book won that year. I did like Green Book, but I think looking back now, I think Roma's probably a film that holds up better. 
as an enough, I've, I've only watched Green Book once, so um, it's enough for me. I've watched The Star Is Born plenty times more. I am in the deep end. <laughs> Aaron. Star Is Born was good. It was good. Number nine. Uh, maybe uh, a little bit low down on the list, but I'd probably say uh, edging towards the, probably the most on form director, and I'm going to put Denis Villeneuve at number nine. Um, obviously done it across different genres. Now getting a, a strong list of films. You've got Sicario, Prisoners, Blade Runner, Dune. And I think what's most impressive is when you look at the budgets, especially of Dune, um, it's quite a tight budget to, to get so much out of a film like that on an epic scale. And I feel like they've, I mean, Dune, Blade Runner, and probably Sicario as well, I'd probably say a tens. I'd probably say the probably tens in my in my view. So yeah, uh, good old Dinny. Good old Dinny. Okay, well, my number nine is I mean, we've already spoke about him already, and I did have him on my list just because of how good the Royal Tenenbaums is and Grand Budapest Hotel. Uh, is Wes Anderson. Uh, I think he deserves to be in some kind of list of great directors, whether I think he's the greatest director of all time. Probably not, but, you know, he deserves to be in the conversation. And like I said, I, I'll absolutely love Grand Budapest. I could, I could put that in Royal Tenenbaums on any time and I'd really enjoy it. And like we've already said, he's you, you know as soon as you, you watch a film of his, you're like, well, that's a Wes Anderson movie because of his colours. He's just released his new trailer for that film. Yeah, you, know, you look at it straight away and go, well, yeah, that's a Wes Anderson film, isn't Asteroid it? Asteroid City. Asteroid City, which I believe I do have, I think, on the draft. I'm not 100% sure. Ooh. Or somebody does have it. Um, But, yeah, Wes Anderson is my number nine. Jared? Uh, number nine, I've gone for Edgar Wright. Ooh. Maybe a bit of a left field choice, and he maybe isn't a better director than Alfonso Cuarón and that. But I feel like when I watch Shaun of the Dead, I just love the cuts that he does. And you know, he's done Scott Pilgrim as well, which it just worked. Just announced a new like. anime series. Yeah, I just saw the new anime. Yeah. Sick, With the it. original cast all coming exactly. back. And then Baby Baby Drive is probably his, I would say, his piece de resistance. Like his piece de resistance, <laughs> because it, it's just it's just everything he did well in Shaun of the Dead, but like heightened with the musical like cues and everything. It just works so well. And don't get me wrong, he has done bad films in my eyes. I wasn't a big fan of Last Night in Soho, and I think World's End was probably one of his weakest ones, but. You know, Shaun of, Shaun of the Dead was my favourite film growing up as a kid until I started to like properly watch other films. Fair enough. So Edgar Wright is number nine. We move on to number eight, Aaron. Um, so contrast to my last pick of mentioning someone working with tight constraints budget-wise, um, my next pick is going to be uh, this Mr. James Cameron. 
Um, I think he, he is Avatar... quite tight with his budget, isn't he? he doesn't really get a lot of money to make his films. <laughs> I think Avatar, um, obviously, is a great, mass, uh, massive, massive effort film. But I think people forget his other films, especially pre-Titanic, like True Lies and Terminator 2. Terminator 2 like changed like the blockbuster landscape, really. Um, and I mean True Lies as well, one of my favorite films. But even with with doing something like that and then moving on to Avatar, and I just love when you hear him in interviews and he talks about his vision on the film, especially like like with the newest Avatar. He doesn't care what people think. He's just he's just gonna make the film how he wants to make the film. He doesn't care about the runtimes. Doesn't care what the other people are saying, producers and whatever. It's his film. He's gonna make it how he wants it. And um, I I bet not a lot of directors have that power really, um, especially now. So yeah, James Cameron, number eight. Yeah, I feel like again, like so, we're all gonna kind of be. There is a lot of names that are going to be on this list that we're going to probably say the same, but sometimes we we like to be a little bit different and throw random people's names out there. And my number eight is possibly one of those that your guys are like, what? Why in the hell have you got this person on here? But um, just because of the films that the they have directed, again, not traditionally a director, but I've gone for Ben Affleck. Ben? Like I said, Ben, ben Bloody Affleck. Gone Girl. Brilliant movie. You've got this air coming out. Looks phenomenal. Gone Girl's directed by Fincher. No, is didn't. it not, is it? He's did no. direct it. I'm thinking of Argo, sorry. Argo. 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 <laughs> Don't know why I said Gone Girl. <laughs> Gone Girl. Uh, Gone like, Girl didn't yeah, direct was... it. Um, Bro's about to scream. He's like, just naming he's his film. That, he, that, that Justice League with Zack Snyder, he did that, didn't he? Um, but no, I love how your first one you mentioned was straight to Gone Girl. Yeah, it's definitely Gone Girl, isn't it? That he's done. That's why he's so good. Argo is class, though. To be fair, it's underrated. It's 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 underrated. Did he do the town as well? I think he did. The town's underrated as well. If he did that, that's a good film. The town is very very good. Um, it was. Um, I love his back. Yeah, directed by Ben Affleck. Yeah. So yeah, I should have wrote the list of films that he actually directed before, rather than uh, googling it as I went. But I was like, no, I definitely want. Like, I feel like he is becoming more known. Obviously, he came out as a, a screenwriter and actor when he did Goodwill Hunting, and then obviously he's now gone into directing a little bit more. And his films have been really good. Maybe not Live by Live by Night, but you know, the rest of them have been quite good, especially Gone Girl. He did a great job directing that. I feel like we should do a side segment of like the best actors slash directors. So like Rob Ranieri, Clint Eastwood, Robert Redford, uh, Ben Affleck. He's like the best actor. and He's also known as like a famous actor. It probably would be... Clint Eastwood would be up there. Just because... He was such a good actor, and then like he kind of had like a second wind with his director. So Vester Stallone, say, like um, oh, what's his name? Michael B. Jordan. Oh, yeah. He's a great director. Director yeah. Three. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, Mel Gibson needs to watch Jenny on Jump Street. 
Right. Okay. Jared. Right. So this is my my biggest left field one, and you two won't have this on your list. Uh, but like, I was just looking for my list, and what I was doing, I was looking at the good films, and I was like, right who directs the films that I like and the one that came up a lot and it surprised me was Miyazaki he's done Spirit Away, My Neighbor Totoro, Howl's Moving Castle Princess Mononoke, these are some of the best animated films ever and he's the director of them, so I feel like if you're directing some of the best films like animation ever, how can you not be on this list yeah it's a good shout Miyazaki I'm just going to throw left field out there uh, because Ben Affleck's going off my list. Yeah. Um, Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> well, because you just realised he's not directing anything. Because <laughs> he's not directing half the film. Basically, yeah. We're only like four names into a list and you've named two people that have like, directed like two films. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, this person's only directed about two, three films anyway. Well, but I feel like... Bob has got more credit than Ben Affleck. <laughs> Jared's got um, more credit than Ben Affleck. <laughs> no, yeah. Ben Affleck's a good, like, good. He is a good director. I go is good, but then, but like you were saying, um, I decided to go through some of my favorite films and actually who's directed them, and I was kind of like, well, this person deserves to go on there, and I was kind of like, he hasn't done that many films. However, in the last five years, he's directed some of the best films or consulted on them. So I've gone for Christopher McQuarrie, who's directed Mission Impossible Fallout and The New Dead Reckoning yeah. as well. And he has helped with the screenplay of Top mm-hmm. Gun Maverick. So there, I'm yeah. putting Christopher McQuarrie instead of Ben Affleck. So he's He was on my list until I found out he didn't do Fallout. Uh, not Fallout. He didn't Maverick. do Maverick. I thought he did Maverick. And yeah, he, he wrote was like the one of the first, yeah. He was like one of the first people I wrote down, like the guy who did Fallout and Maverick. <laughs> <laughs> and Rogue Nation, of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's called Christopher McQuarrie for reigniting Tom Cruise's career. And their partnership has obviously gone on to do Rogue Nation, Fallout, Maverick, and the new Dead Reckoning films as well. So, yeah, fuck Ben Affleck. Yeah, it is weird when you look at, like, directors and you see how much, like, shit they did in the background. But because they're not the director, you don't realise. I've just forgot two other people, but, you know, I'm just going to give them honourable mentions now as well. Uh, Jordan Peele, get out. Yeah, he deserves a mention. Yeah. Uh, obviously, he did us. And one hit wonder. I haven't seen. I haven't seen Nope. So, uh, and then the I feel one. like director wise, you've got to have at least like five films. Yeah. that are like pretty like nine out of ten. And again, <laughs> this person's directed four films, but this one is my uh, one of my favorite films of all time. Obviously, Damien Chazelle. Like he did Whiplash, he did La La Land, two of the greatest movies ever made. But then you back that up with First Man and Babylon, so you kind of move yourself off that. He's hard, unfortunately. He's got like he had potential. You've got you've got two ten out of ten films. Then you've got then you've got a half. Mm. You've got one and a half, (laughs) and then you've got about a three star film. Mm. Bro, just need to like be given no budget and just make a film. Just make another jazz musical. You'll be fine. Your little drummer Even after boy. a musical, I think he can do whatever he wants. I just feel like don't give this guy a budget and he'll make it work. Mm. Well, after my uh, terrible choices with Ben Affleck and stuff, go on, Jared, who've you got? He went for me, exactly, yeah. You I went for me, exactly, sorry. Yeah. sorry. Aaron. Um, this 
going to pull out the big guns now and say Martin Scorsese. Um, I've recently watched his newer films. Um, so I watched uh, Departed recently, Wolf of Wall Street, Shutter Island. And I just don't think they're up. I know people rate them very highly, but I just don't think they're there with like the Goodfellas and yeah, anything 90s and pre-90s. Um, I, mean, I, I watched Casino recently, which is incredible. And then you've obviously got your taxi driver. But he's another director that's similar to Wes Anderson, especially from uh, the 90s and beforehand. He's like straight away, you can tell it's a Scorsese film. He like redefined like... Uh, cinema and he hates superhero films, which is probably he just most hates famous for. He hates Hollywood. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't listen th- to this podcast. You can tell how good Scorsese is. Is like when you like ninety nine percent of people say like, "Oh, the Joker is like my favorite film." Like that is a Scorsese film, and it's not even a Scorsese film. Like it's just yeah, like that's that's how much him influence like that guy has on like cinema when like. People that don't even know a lot about film like love his type of film, uh, without even probably even watching any of his films. But yeah, um, obviously a genius. But Hugo is also underrated. Hugo. <laughs> okay, uh, my next one is where have you gone? Bringing out the big boy, like he's everybody's. He's the world. He's the the most known director in the world. Surely it's Steven Spielberg. He has to be on the list. If you don't have, I'll Steven cut Spielberg in and also say that Steven Spielberg is also my number seven. Cool. So obviously, like, that. what more can you say about obviously Steven Spielberg? The films that he's done. He's directed your childhood. Whether you're a fan of E.T., Indiana Jones, arguably his best film ever, Hook. You know, like he's he's a god. Like obviously he is he is cinema. Like he is. No matter what any film that you watched when you were a child was most likely a Steven Spielberg film. He's obviously a producer on the Back to the Future movies as well. Um, but yeah, like Steven Spielberg is he's definitely good. Obviously, I assume he's higher on Aaron's list unless he forgot about Steven Spielberg, but um yeah, yeah. I, I put him seven because I looked at like I think he personally for me, I think he's probably the best director of all time. But the top six on my list, I feel like are more tailor-made to me for the films. Yeah. But I feel like Steven Spielberg, like, you can't deny the... Like, we're talking, like, pop culture. Like, he's got Indiana Jones and Jurassic Park. Like, just having one of them would have been good. And we're not even mentioning Jaws. And then we're not even mentioning E.T. Do you know what I mean? Like, he is the best director of all time. He's, he's the Tom Brady of directing. Oh, absolutely. Like, you know, he, even his duds are like, you know. You're like, you don't want to like the guy, but you can't dispute his talent and all of his <laughs> awards. But, you know, he's just great. And you'll miss him when he's gone. Aaron. Uh, where are we up to now? Six. Six. Steven Spielberg. Um... <laughs> Six, 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 six. Uh, I'm a director of The Omen. Um, <laughs> Brian yeah, De Palma. I'm... Brian De Palma's good as well. Mission Impossible. I was going to put Brian De Palma <laughs> on there, you know. I think he did um, carry. He didn't do The Omen. Quentin Tarantino's favourite director. Mm-hmm. He's great. And he also, like, 
helped uh, George Lucas do Star Wars as well. So, Scorsese, let right next Richard one. Donner. It's Richard Donner, the guy that to Superman did the Omen. I'm gonna go for Christopher Nolan. Oh, um, Jared's face. That's a low. That's a low. That's or, a low. Uh, also, like your Dini Villeneuve, uh, he's also probably the most on-form director. Everything he does, everything he touches, is either a nine or a ten. Um, and the main reason I put him down this low um, is because I feel like. He's very tailored to like certain like film fans, you know what I mean? Like he he's like them he's like Man City. Like he, like you respect it and it's incredible. But like it's only one real team. It's not Raiders of the Lost Ark, is it? You know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, maybe it's it maybe it is a bit low, but the the ones above I couldn't I couldn't really knock down. That's fine. Like, you know, I, I do I do know you mean. And we're we're up to a high spot now, innit? Yeah, That's like you're saying, like these are your top six. And again, I do wanna elaborate as well. Like, obviously, I think we all count as Steven Spielberg being one of the greatest directors of all time, which we said. We we acknowledge Inception as the greatest movie ever made in our list two years yeah, ago. Like, my top seven, like, Christopher oh, Nolan. Yeah. But we are going for our favourite directors, like I said, of Taylor Mater, to who we are as people. So as we say, it's the greatest director of all time. It's more of our mm-hmm. here are our favourite directors of all time, shall we say. I feel like I feel like Nolan though, and I feel like Nolan and Villeneuve in ten years time will be probably in the top three. Like they will probably get there, but they're like they're still like on current form, you know what I mean? They're, they're in the prime probably even now. I, d- um, I don't know, actually. I feel like Nolan has done enough to already be up to there, whereas Dennis mm. is a bit more. Yeah. I, but I still think like Oppenheimer, another, another couple of big films, and yeah, he's straight up there. But you know what, actually, for now. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what, Dennis Villeneuve does what Nolan does, but not successfully. Like, no mm. one still brings in money, whereas Dennis Villeneuve, all his films have actually flopped. He's yeah. more of, like, an indie Nolan. Yeah, yeah. But I think as well, I'm like... Really I'm, films. I mean, I'm counting... I'm counting Batman as... Like, I'm counting The Dark Knight as one film. Uh, I can go with yeah. uh, Then you've got your Inception, Interstellar. All these films do feel the it. same. I have to... Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, that... There's only one other director, I think, in my list where they all do feel the same. Maybe two. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, he's awesome. Like, he's still number six, the best ever. And probably yeah. will go higher. Most likely, judging by Jared's face, he will be higher on the list. Um, but I will go. I will go next, and it's one that's already been mentioned by Jared earlier on, and it is the director of Scott Pilgrim versus the World, just for that film alone, really, Edgar Wright. And unlike you, Jared, I absolutely adored Last Night in Soho. I thought it was amazing. 
So the only film that, again, I haven't seen is The World's End, so I can't comment, but every other film that I've watched, I've really enjoyed. So, like I said, Edgar Wright, Baby Driver was really good. I know Aaron's favourite soundtrack, Baby Driver, it was really good. Um, you know what, I rewatched that recently, it was actually really good. Um, <laughs> I remember H of E, you're like, don't play that soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> the soundtrack's Why a bit people like, buying this soundtrack? a bit nervous. I, I give I gave Last Night in Soho one star. Jared would give it two. I liked Last Night in Soho, but maybe it's, again it's a bit more special to me. I give it two stars. Quite high. That is I, quite high. I went to uh, the London premiere of it, so obviously it kind of a little bit more special screening, I guess, by going to that and watching it in that. The reason setting, it didn't maybe. work for me is it didn't have what made his films good there was none of the cuts it just was a film fair enough it was like his idea of doing a horror film but i didn't want that i wanted like his style as a horror film uh, i think like... it was like the same situation as um deep impact and um god what was independence day as um coella came out a month before when we did it was the exact same film very very similar but, you know, the amount of times that I've listened to Downtown by Anya Taylor-Joy helps as well. Yeah. Yeah. Matt Smith was great in that film, though. We'll say that. Yeah, it was good. I, I really enjoyed it. But, no, like I said, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World is in my top 20 films of all time. Like, I love Scott Pilgrim. And, like I said, Hot Fuzz, I need to rewatch it because it's been so long. Shaun of the Dead, um, Baby Driver, Last Night in Soho. Edgar Wright deserves it. One of the great British directors as well. So, yes, Jared. TV show as well. And Spaced, um, if you want to follow. Was it Spaced he did? It was Spaced. With Simon Pegg, yeah. yeah. Uh, right, number six. This director, I've got to admit, he's got a lot of fucking duds. So, <laughs> yeah, Good way to start. At number six. Yeah, all right, all right. I'm only saying that because I feel like a lot of his films I don't like. But when he does it right, he has some of the best films ever made. Like, no doubt. And it's Ridley Scott. Ridley. Blade Runner is my favourite film of all time. Alien is probably my favourite horror film of all time. Gladiator uh, just fucking get him the basket. Do you know what I mean? I like, thought you would have him higher. I know Aaron's definitely got him higher. It's because of the duds. He has a few duds in there. All like, the money in the world. I, the thing is, when you produce films like The Gladiator, like Gladiator... You just get given money and you, you can try what you want and it might not work. But then you might produce, like, The Martian, for example, which is another great film. But then you might produce uh, House of Gucci. All the money in the world. You know what I mean? <laughs> House of Gucci. I still think the best video of how House of Gucci is the, uh, the audio cut scene it. from Jared Leto to the car. <laughs> 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 Just like, why Brilliant. would you do that? But and obviously Lady Gaga's accent is terrible. But there you go. Nah, he's, he's got like, like I said, when he's at when he's at his best, he has got the best films. Like I'm talking like Alien and Blade Runner and Gladiator going to my top like fifty very easily. Whereas like you know some of these films could just be fucking binned off and, and never watch them again. But still a G. Okay. Because he's from, isn't he from the North? I think he is, yeah. He's like Newcastle, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, South Shields, yeah. Okay. 
So, you know, anyone who's from the north is a G. Anyone from the north is a G. Mm -hmm. I I think you didn't go to, like, was it with, like, what's he called? The other British one. Is it Shane? Shane Meadows? This is England. Yeah, Yeah, pretty sure he didn't. He grew up with another like really famous director. I can't remember who it is on the Yeah, top Tony one. Scott. <laughs> His brother, bro. Tony Scott. No, no didn't didn't Ridley Scott work, like do that? Um I'm sure he did something to do with Doctor Who or something. Yeah, yeah, I feel like you're I'm sure he was there. like basically the creator of the Dalek or something. Something crazy like that. I'd have to look into it, but I'm not gonna do it now. Gonna have to look into it. Um, but no, yeah, we'll carry on. And Jamie's we'll like, did Ridley Scott? <laughs> it's Ridley now? Scott and Tony Scott related. <laughs> um, no, right, we are in our oh, top shit, five. Like spit water on my computer. <laughs> <laughs> we are in our top five, Aaron. Who, in your eyes, are the greatest five directors? Who's number five? I'm going to start my top five strong with echoing exactly what Jared said with Ridley Scott. Um, he does have many, many duds. And it, it, for some reason, I put him at, initially, I put him as my number 10. I'll hide my top four. And then I did an arrow and put him up to this Ooh. point because I forgot he did Blade Runner. Like I just thought <laughs> for some reason, I was like, oh, he did like Gladiator and Alien. And I was like, hang on. No, he did Blade Runner as well. So I was like, he's got to jump up. And The Last Duel was all right, but he's also done one of the worst films of all time in Alien Covenant. Um, but it, it's like Kanye, isn't it? When he hits, he hits. He yeah. hits harder than anyone. Uh, and yeah, you I'm might get a perfect. Jesus is King and Donda now and again, but when you, you get a My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, what more do you want? So yeah, Ridley Scott. And go. I think... Yeah, it's it's impressive having like the indie directors and, and stuff like that, but making an epic like Gladiator and seeing everything that went on around that film, it's insane. And in different genres as well. I think like you go from an epic to a horror like uh, Alien and to it's probably one of the best it's it's it, when you look at the top ten list for horror, that um aliens in there. Top ten list for sci-fi Blade Runner's in there and Gladiator is always in like top 10 lists as well so yeah uh, and yeah Martian's good as well yeah yeah fair enough okay or I could I, say Ben Affleck you could say Ben Affleck <laughs> for Gone Girl sometimes you just gotta go for like you know what I mean when you type because let's, let's not lie we all typed in best directors on Google just to have like a vibe yeah and like, the some still forget just them have anyway. to pick the ones that are on that list. Mm. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I will just spoil it now and say Ridley Scott's not on my list, but there you go. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, but number five for me, because again, like he has to be in the, the top five. I mean, he is definitely one of the greatest directors of all time. And we voted Inception as the greatest movie of all time. It's Christopher Nolan. Um, like said, Inception, um, Dark Knight itself alone, like it's incredible, and yeah, he's just deserves to 
be on this list and in my eyes in the top five directors of all time because he's amazing and I'm sure Jared would like to talk a little bit more about him when he's like number two who's this? Christopher Nolan yeah I'll talk about him <laughs> well, well, later on I'm sure yeah yeah, yeah later on. <laughs> uh, so yeah Christopher Nolan number five Jared right uh, friends with Harvey Weinstein he's <laughs> <laughs> quite <Quentin Tarantino. laughs> There's a lot of these on this list that are friends with Harvey Weinstein, to be fair. It's not just him. <laughs> friends no, with Harvey Weinstein. Like, I, I always feel like, maybe it isn't just like nostalgia, but like I feel like from the age of about 13 to about 18, I just went on this like mad rampage of watching the best films ever. And like Quentin Tarantino like sucks you in. Because like, you're a 13-year-old kid, yeah? You're watching the blood, you're watching the shit, the flaring, the sex, the drugs. It's everything you fucking want in a film. And he and he knocks it out of the park. I don't think he's got a bad film. He is the definition of, like, an auteur for me. Fair enough. Okay, Aaron, number four. Yeah. Jared said before, he don't think anyone else had him on the list, but I've got him, and Mr. Miyazaki. Ooh, the man did not see that coming. <laughs> the did man who coming. will he's never a, retire. He's a Ghibli boy, this one. <laughs> I but I didn't think like I don't know. Maybe I, I, I honestly think. Animated. I was like, oh, maybe it's left field. Out of all directors, I was looking like like I was saying about um, Ridley Scott about the duds. There ain't no duds with Miyazaki. Like I think he's so consistent and in different genres and styles. Yeah, they're all animated, obviously. Um, but the Spirit Away and Totoro are completely different films, and obviously, Manono okay, and they're all pretty stellar films. When you look at the ones he's directed, obviously, he's played a big part in the other Ghibli films, but the ones that are his, even The Wind Rise is completely different and um, still a brilliant that one, film. That one is great, that one's in my film collection, even yeah, though I, one of the A list ones, may, maybe Nolan as well, but yeah, maybe. Nolan and Miyazaki are, are the most consistent on my list. Does yeah. he not have a new one coming out? Yeah, apparently so. Apparently so. He's retired about four or five times at least, but he's yeah, coming well, back for more. He has like an influence in like all of them, though. So to be honest, he is like pseudo Ghibli. Yeah, he is Ghibli. Yeah, and that, I was looking actually about other. I was going to put someone else, like, animated-wise, like, maybe, like, a Brad Bird throwing there, or even John Lasseter, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, well, that, I was thinking John Lasseter, but then I thought... Yeah. He, I thought you'd rip me for having, like, the Cars director in there. Cars is good, I mean... I like, fucking love Cars, but I think maybe maybe it's just because of that Porsche. Didn't Brad Bird do yeah, no, Mission Impossible, Impossible 3? Protocol. You what, sorry? Ghost Protocol, oh. Brad Bird. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he three did. was um. Who did number three? Uh, it was oh, it was the director. It's the famous like. director, like he's well known. Brian De Palma did the first one. John Woo did the second. Uh, three was directed by. Who the hell was it directed by? It's That's someone well known. Why am I going completely blank? Tell you right now, it is. JJ. 
JJ. Abrams. Yeah. yeah. JJ. JJ's not been shouted out on the list, actually. I mean, you've yeah, got Star Trek. <laughs> mm. He won't be. No, no, no. It's, it's just because... He ruined fucking Star Wars for me. He ruined Star Wars. Yeah, no, nah, he didn't ruin Star Wars. Someone else ruined Star Wars. No, and no. speaking he of who ruined, ruined Star Wars, <laughs> I before. No, no, he ruined Star Wars. Fuck, I hate this shit. Talking bad about the Looper director, Knives Out director. Come on. Nah, nah, I'm sorry. If you ruined... You had one guy doing them all. Yeah, 100%. My number four is Ian Johnson. Not joking. <laughs> look at his filmography. It don't look right. Why have you done seven and then nine? You don't look right. Where's eight? Yeah. And to be fair, though, there was a moment where, like, JJ was, like, the hottest director, like... um it was just that moment when he had like Force Awakens or like just pre that where he could have just done any like massive film um, He, I mean look at Star Wars like they picked him like they picked him oh, to, yeah, like, to like, carry the fuck he, he so was like the Star best Trek. director at the time to do it Star Trek was a really good film mm. yeah. give a shout out as well because he's not on my list but Zack Snyder as well no, I don't get a shout out mm-hmm. uh, obviously Watchmen and the Zack Snyder's Justice League, but um, and Three Hundred, yeah, yeah, Three Hundred, Sucker Punch, mm-hmm. all good films. But um, I do want to again just establish that you guys won't agree. However, we are going off some of my favourite films of all time, and I've gone for the director of Aquaman as my uh, number four, which you all look really confused about. But he's done Aquaman. He's directed The Conjuring. Um, I'll tell you his name in a moment, thank you. He's directed oh, The so Conjuring 1 and 2. Sorry. No, he's directed The Conjuring 1 and 2. He's directed Paul Jason Walker's... Momoa. <laughs> he's directed Furious 7, Paul Walker's last film in The Fast and the Furious. Uh, obviously, he's done Insidious, Death Sentence, and um, Dead Silence. But my one of my favourite films of all time, Saw. It was his college project with Lee Wannell, and it's James Wan. Yeah. I absolutely love this Australian little man. Um, but no, like, those films, let alone, like, Furious 7 is one of the highest grossing movies of all time. He came in, directed an incredible, arguably the best Fast and the Furious movie in the whole franchise. Obviously, it had a really nice send-off. It's got... I mean, Tokyo Drift. I mean, come on. Tokyo Drift. <laughs> But you know, it's it's got it's got one of the best songs ever. It's been a blow. in the song. Pardon? He didn't pick the song. He, he, directed, he picked the song. It's, he directed it. But like, no, Char- uh, Charlie, can you make this song? Charlie Pooh, make this song. It's about Paul. But no, like, um, I recently did a um one of the pieces of my masters on Lee Wannell, who wrote Saw with James Wan and obviously the way that they created like Lionsgate and Twisted Pictures after making Saw to then go on and create arguably like they created Twisted Pictures and Lionsgate and obviously changed the whole kind of way horror was going they created Insidious they produced Insidious Insidious no Sinister sorry Uh, they produced Sinister they created The Conjuring 1 and 2, 
like James Wan, like these films that he's created. And then he was so big, like he said, he then got picked to do Aquaman as well, which is obviously this big multi-million dollar franchise. He directed Aquaman, he's directing the new one as well. Uh, the only film of his I haven't seen is Malignant, which came out um, in 2021. I haven't seen that yet, but I, James I Wan thought that was high, high rated, isn't it? Yeah, I believe so. It got really good reviews. I just mm. haven't had a chance to sit down and watch it. But like I said, just for Saw alone, like that revolutionised the torch porn genre and changed horror forever in 2004. Yeah. Uh, so Andy's, influenced, Andy's influenced it in a great way. Because like... I. Th- there's obviously like there's a lot of films that follow saw same sort of plot. Even like like you look at like the menu things like that. I don't know if you have those films without saw. Um, where nowadays everything copies Ariaster and it's well annoying. I'm uh, recently writing a uh, a short story as part of my my masters, and I had to do a pitch a pitch for it like a video pitch where I just spoke to the camera about it, and I'm like. So this is taking influences from Ariaster's Midsummer and Hereditary. <laughs> so there you go, Aaron. I'll let you read it once I've finished it. Yeah. And you'll be like, God's sake, you're just Ariaster, aren't you? <laughs> A24. A24 is getting boring This is an now, A24 honestly. short film. What are you talking about? A24, didn't they just win every award? Nah, it's peaks. It peaks at Lady Bird and it's, everything else has been downhill <laughs> from there. It did. Everything everywhere all at once was good, but everything else has been a bit... Like just the Messianian road of weirdness. Like, no, I actually feel like they've peaked now. Now they've won every award. They've won Best Picture. They've like all in one go. Yeah. Now they're just going to mm. start funding like every film, and the level isn't going to keep up. Yeah. Can I try and find? It was still like one of my favorite reviews I've ever read. It was one of yours, Jared. <sighs> my reviews are fucking shocking. Is it The Witch by any chance? <laughs> I don't understand old English, don't want to watch it, that kind of thing you put, didn't you? Oh, old-time <laughs> English can do one. <laughs> but no, there, were, there was one of the reviews that you put on there, and it's like, oh, that's amazing. Uh, I think it was... Um, You've put so many on here now, I need to actually try and find... I exactly watch a lot of films now. I watch a lot of films, all right. I'm a busy guy. Um, Diary, you've watched 42 films this year. Well done, Jared. Um uh, where was it? It was just something like it's quite embarrassing. It was, it was one of the first. It was one of the first ones. I'm pretty sure you did, and I was just like, um, what the hell was it? Oh, that was it. Two and a half stars. Don't worry, I won't watch this again. I've seen it. I've seen it done. But I've seen, I've seen it done before, but better. Don't worry, darling. <laughs> Don't worry, I won't. Watch I was gonna. Like, I saw that, and I was gonna say like, what's the what's the film that's copied? Don't worry, darling. Or like, Don't worry, darling's copy. I don't even know the film. I, you know what? I actually thought that film was decent. You know, I, I was like, I went in there thinking like, this is gonna be a meme. And you know what? I probably I was laughing, and I probably shouldn't have been laughing because some of the acting is so bad, and it is and it is true. Like Florence Pugh is like too good for Harry Styles in that film acting wise um, but I don't know it's I like the idea of it dream. it was all dream it, ca- it kind of freaked me out though I was like wow that, that's like I don't know I don't, I don't know I, want, I actually want to know what film I was referring to but like The Matrix <laughs> yeah I think it might The <laughs> Matrix dream. Isn't it? like The Matrix 4 
um, the newest one where he doesn't know he's in the Matrix. Yeah. Oh, it's it's a video game, man. Yeah. Like, that, yeah. That's definitely that's definitely like an old boomer fucking definition. Mm. Of, like, how can we make the Matrix not mean anything? Yeah. It's yeah. A video game, man. <laughs> <laughs> Put Neil Patrick Harris in it always makes it better. It's true. Look at that Ben Affleck <laughs> film, Gone Girl. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> How right. did you cast Neil Patrick Harris as like the main villain in a film, not like <laughs> the Matrix? Yeah, done well not to be tight. <laughs> How right. did you do that, Jared? Yo, it is down to you right, for your number, number four. This this is where we get into like these four are interchangeable. Like these are without a doubt my favorite directors of all time. Fuck's sake, I've just dropped my toothbrush. <laughs> oh, sorry, I was trying to get my phone charger. Uh, number four is Denis Villeneuve. I love every film he's done, like to the stage that I've watched um, Polytechnica, which is like a French-only film that's like basically based on a school shooting. Uh, and he goes in and like this dude like shoots all, like the women. And I've never heard about it, but he directed it. I've, I've seen, like, I think only one of his films I haven't seen. But, you know, Blade Runner was fucking amazing. Like, I loved the first one, obviously, my favourite film. To do the second one, good as well. I was like, wow. I, the only reason he's so low on this list is probably time. He just hasn't had enough time to make films like the others have. But Arrival was the first film I saw. I don't know why. I think I think maybe... Jamie, I think me and you and I, you and I went to go watch Arrival. Just, just we went. Days. I went in, not even watching the trailer. I don't think that I've ever done that for any film. And then I went in. I was like, "My God, this is this is it. This is like one of them films." I'm like, "Holy shit!" And then after that moment, I just love this director. I tell you one thing, I love is like every time he talks about Arrival, he says the same thing. I think you and I went to go watch it at the cinema. <laughs> yes, Jared, it was you and I. Because it is like one of them core <laughs> fucking film memories. I'm like, wow. I listened to, I listened to um, the Ringer podcast and they were saying about June. Like, you can sit watching June and the first hour, you can like ask yourself, like, is this the best film of all time? Like, you're just watching, like, is this actually the best film of all time? Um, with June. Um <laughs> I think Harry goes. No, it's not. <laughs> no, nah, it's good though. I even like the no, second. No, yeah, I know what you mean though. He, right. he oh my read. god! I finished reading the book recently. The yeah. second half of the book is wild. It's absolutely wild. Basically, we're gonna have everywhere, everything, all at once. Two in June part two. I think maybe the only reason I didn't, I did love June. But I think what I don't love about it is I don't know what's hap- what's going to happen yet. Like I- I'm worried now. I'm honestly, I don't know how he can do this film. And to be fair, it's very like the the Lynch film isn't, but his film is he's like he's just copying the book like almost yeah. exactly at some points, which is also well, but yeah, the, the movie. See what Elvis does. Yeah. Oh, he's going to be uh, the cousin that he fights. Yeah, um, definitely. Hound dog. <laughs> he'll be he'll be like the uh, who Sting played in the first film. Yeah, is he going to be putting the accent on? I feel like that is his voice now. Yeah, he's got to be. He's got to be. I've never seen him like not speak like that. <laughs> like it, I think he's actually changed his voice. Mm. Okay. So not winning an Oscar. <laughs> okay. 
Next. Aaron. Um, we're in our top three. Yeah, no, I mean, number three, um, absolutely superb. The true big boys now is the Finch Master 3000, David Fincher. Finch Master <laughs> um, 3000. Yeah. So, I mean, seven, Bike Club. Now, obviously, you know my opinion on the social network. Probably the best film of all time now. Oh! <laughs> and you know what year it came out, Aaron? 2010. Same year as? Um, Black Swan. Inception. Uh, Inception. <laughs> best year of cinema ever. Yeah, sure. yeah probably Island. so. But even, even, I mean, even like uh, Manhunter, uh, Gone Girl. Like, he's defined. I went to Gone Girl, calm down. <laughs> he is defined like the thriller like even like even every fr- thriller you watch now even if it's a, like a netflix show if it's like um an easy film to watch they've all got some aspects of what finch has done and oh my i watched the game last year what jesus film? that film the game what have you seen that film yeah like I, again I, ref- I referenced that in my pitch for my short story what a film that is isn't it what how is that not like been remade into a tv show or something like that it would be a great tv genius. show I, I've, I've spoke about um before I'd, I'd think that would make a really good mini series yeah yeah i i i um hbo yeah. I, I read uh, uh, this this right book it. called dark matter which um is going to be joel Egerton in an apple tv show and uh, they reference the game because of the sim. It's like, it's not the same story, but he thinks he's something like that. He's playing out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Fincher is just incredible. I mean, you just whack that grey, grainy filter onto a film, you know it's him straight away. Mank. Um, I don't know about Mank. I mean, <laughs> you got to have Mank's, it done in there Mank's at one point. Right? His only bad film. He's he, he's had a long career though. He's had like a long career. I mean, Alien Three isn't great, obviously. Like his first like main one. Um, that doesn't but... count though. He he he, he no. took he's trialing some stuff out. Mm. No, he did. He wasn't director. Someone else was the director, and he like it's his first gig, and someone's like, "Do you want this?" Like, yeah. Why the fuck yeah. not take it after Alien One? Like Alien and Alien. Also, like Alien One, Ridley Scott. Albums, yeah. A- Aliens, you got Cameron, and then Alien Three, you got Fincher. Like that's just wild. That, um, but um, I mean, even Love Death and Robots. Though. Christopher Nolan. Not joking. Alien, Alien Resurrection is the fourth one, isn't it? Yeah, but he uh, directed. Directed by Jean Pierre Junet. Amelie. Uh, what oh, Amelie guy. Right, okay. Oh, wow, okay. so they've actually had some majorly good directors. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a very long engagement. Mick Max, uh, again, he hasn't directed in a while, but he's got he had a film last year called Big Bug on Netflix. But yeah, like I said, mm. he went from Alien Resurrection to Amelie. Also, the last thing I want to say about Fincher is similar to the relationship. Uh, that Nolan has had with Hans Zimmer. I know he's not been on Dunkirk, but um, Fincher with Trent Reznor, like, that, it just works so well. Like It just sets the scene so much. Uh, the soundtrack to the social network, um, the score is probably like, the best score. Meow, meow. 
Yeah, exactly. I'm just so happy that you've actually come to realise of how great that film actually is. And I remember, if you go back and listen to the Greatest Movie Ever podcast final episode, how much you're going against The Social Network being in the top three greatest movies ever made. Mate, how could you put The Social Network in? Now you're like, yeah, I agree, it's fine. (laughs) Yeah, we we made the right choice. Was it Social Network? I can't remember what was number two. Was it seven? It's got to be Dark Blade Dark Runner, Blade Runner, sorry. Blade, Blade Runner, Runner, yeah. Um, I don't even know if you have Succession without the social network. You know what I mean? I don't... But, yeah. wow. And Andrew Garfield's best role. He's coming back from Yeah. Okay. Um, I know you guys don't have him on the list, so I won't talk too much about him. But, obviously, he is arguably the greatest director of all time. It's Alfred Hitchcock. Like, how you can't have this man on your list is ridiculous. But, you know, fair enough. Um, Alfred Hitchcock is synonymous. He's the greatest British director of all time. He's one of the greatest. You can't... You talk at Mount Rushmore of directors. Alfred Hitchcock needs to be on this list. Like, Dalem for Murder, Strangers on a Train, Psycho. Like, all incredible movies. And I think it's just one of those things that you talk about the greatest of all time and you just kind of go well we already know he is so there's no point putting him on this list he's just one of those like i know a lot of people say friends is the greatest tv show ever made comedy wise but most people won't have it on their list because they know it's number one so they'll just go well my number one comedy is modern family for example yeah it's we like saying about friends cliche- on a different tier yeah it's like when people say something's cliche but the reason why it's cliche is because it's good in the first place yeah. Um, yeah. And he was sadly on Star Wars. <laughs> and he's one of those people, obviously, he had his whole traits of how he used stuff. He was revolutionary the way he, he did cinema back in the day. Obviously, he had his own little cameos in there as well. He's one of the first true auteurs that came out in cinema in from the 30s all the way to the 60s. I didn't even mention The Birds or Rear Window or Vertigo then as well. But, you know, like all of his, like there's so many of his films that are just incredible and films that we've talked about in the greatest movies ever as well. And Alfred Hitchcock is in that God tier. If you made a Mount Rushmore of directors, he's on that. It's just we tend to not mention him because he is the greatest. I think so he's I think I've not mentioned him uh, just because like, I've, I've not probably seen enough. Like, And there's so much. Because there's so much, and um, I've only seen like his core films, so you're like, you know, about Northwest Vertigo, Rear Window, Psycho, and Dial M for Murder, maybe. Mm, I, I think that's all I've seen. Like, I've not seen like Europa, I've not seen your 39 Steps, all that. Rope is all in one take as well. It's phenomenal. Oh, it's so good. I feel like it's yeah. um, like a time period thing. Like, we're a different generation than the Hitchcock fans, you know what I mean? Mm. so it's, yeah. it's hard to go back and watch them films yeah like i said we are young we are in our mid to late 20s early 30s so but yeah like hitchcock for me obviously one of my favorite movies of all time is psycho and like you wouldn't have your slasher movies without psycho you wouldn't have horror or the way it is without Alfred Hitchcock he was the granddaddy of the slasher movies psycho so he the colors underrated in his films as well I mean I watched I remember watching Vertigo and I was like Jesus I love that the birds is my favorite 
Birds is very good as well. They're all very good. Like, it's Hitchcock mm. at the end of the day. But, yeah, Alfred Hitchcock is number three. There is two more that's better than him, in my opinion. Favourite, not better. But there you go. Okay, Jared. Right, number three, I would have said, if you'd asked me this question, uh, what, maybe seven years ago, Scott says he would have been number one. But over time, he's he's not dropped. It's just people have risen above him, in my eyes. But, you know, Goodfellas, I think that was, I kind of had a period where I would have gone like Shaun of the Dead, then it was Goodfellas, and now it's Blade Runner, like in my term, terms of like favourite films of all time. Obviously, like, I mean, I don't even need to say anything because like you two have all watched all these films. You know how good a director is. Like, like even the ones that aren't like his like A-list ones, like Raging Bull is so fucking good. And he's just got a knack of, I think the best directors get actors like, you know, obviously Leonardo, he got, and he's got um, De Niro. And he just like, he just takes these actors and like, you know, when them two things like go together, like the actor and the director, mm. it just, when like, they just go so perfectly together. And like Wolf Wall Street, probably like in my top five films at the moment. I'd still say it's, it's fucking. It just makes me feel good. You know what I mean? That he, he conned loads of people. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Aaron, we are at our top two. Um. So my number two is every time this person releases a film, I feel like out of all the directors. This is like the event, like everyone's talking about it. This person's got a new film. Everyone's got to go see it. It's Quentin Tarantino. Um, I mean, he's obviously like the, a huge, huge film fan, like beforehand, and then he's just going to be this like huge director where it seems like every film he does, he gets even uh, bigger. And like I say, when his films come out, it is literally an event. Similar to like Nolan with us, but like I feel like because obviously we're we're film fans, we're gonna see every Nolan film. But I think everyone like when when Tarantino, when a Tarantino film's coming out, like we we'll go see it. It's Tarantino, and it's like the whole of the the ten films, like um, the whole like magic around that, like how, how he's gonna have this series of films and um, his whole universe he's created, and how they like all interlinked, but. I mean, yeah, I, I said agree with what Jared said before. I don't think he's got a bad film. There's maybe some that some that aren't as good as the others, and everyone has the a different order of that, their favorite films by Tarantino. But I still think he's got a lot of a lot of nine and tens out of the films. Imagine if his last film is the bad one. Yeah, yeah, I think he'd come back and do a good one if that was the case. I, yeah, I don't think he could do a bad film. I think if it was bad, he'd redirect it. Yeah, he's it's ready as well, isn't it? He's ready to do. It. I mean, I I even said last time I can't remember the uh, the podcast we did it on, but once upon a time in Hollywood, like for me, he's like right up there, like so so good. Even like, um, but like everyone like you like there's people that like the Django, people like Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs. There's everyone has like a favorite Tarantino film. And yeah, like I say, I think it's. I, I put him up there because it's like an event. It's like an event when it when these films come out. 
Uh, more than anything. He's bigger than the... He's very close to a scandal. You know what I mean? Like, you oh, yeah, 100%. He's one of them. Like, that but you can't... Doing the right shit. But you can't deny Ryan Giggs is like the best footballer in the Premier League, but he's, he is. <laughs> oh, you're the best right mid for... Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no... Uh, he was left mid, I was gonna... <laughs> Like, Nanny. that's that's what I say about Tarantino. Like, the other films, like, you, they sell on the actors. You always sell, like, because Leo's in the film or Tom Hanks, whatever. He he sells. He's the person that sells. Like Tarantino, he's like the ones that. Oh sort of yeah, yeah. Like he's the definition of an like, you know. I feel like when the director sells the film, that's when you know you're a big fucking director. Yeah, yeah. One hundred. I think Nolan's up up to there, like kind of as well. But more people know Tarantino than Nolan. Yeah. Okay. My number two. Um. I think this is the one that I was kind of like, definitely has to be number one for me. And I think in the prospect of this list, he will be number one. Um, surprisingly, not really. Um, but you're looking at the films that is in his list. You've already mentioned them, Aaron. But there was one that you did kind of forget, which is a very good film as well, is Zodiac. It's David Fincher. Mm-hmm. Like... He's, he's incredible. Like again, just social network by itself is arguably just put him up there. Now he should have won an Oscar for that film. I don't think he's ever won an Academy Award. To be fair, but you look at the not a lot of these directors have. Not a lot of them. No, no. There's a there's a weird weird I've, start with directors. Never won an Oscar. It's so weird. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like you look at the films: Fight Club, Seven, Gone Girl. I thought that was Ben Affleck. So you know he, he has to go higher now as well. <laughs> um. Uh. But Gone Girl, Zodiac, uh, The Game social network he's he is one of the best like david fincher and jared hasn't said him yet so he's either number two or number one so he's the new number two jared <laughs> it's fincher <laughs> there we go it's fincher i fucking love him like he's the kind of director that at university i was like i'd look into like things that he did and like it's he does the craziest like CGI things that you don't even notice like like little things like um I think there's a scene in I don't know which film it is it might be the Zodiac or something but there's just a golf shot and he CGI's it for no reason but you don't even notice it because he does it so well like that's why I think I love him so much because he his subtleness of CGI is unbelievable and I think I don't think he's done I'd say Panic Room is Below par, and maybe maybe Mank as well. And, Panic Room's good know, though. I, it's still Panic Room. If it was done by another director, would be like one of their best films. That's how good like. Yeah, that's is. what that's what I mean. <laughs> like, he's still a fucking like Mank is still a good film. It's just he's trying to do something different. But you know, I like like I said, I feel like he's he's the one where like when he goes big, like Zodiac is. I'd probably say Zodiac's my personal favourite. And I'm I've always been obsessed with like the Zodiac killer. Like how do you how would you not find him and stuff? And he just did it so well. And you know, he's done remakes like Gale the Good Dragon Tattoo. Like that was a good remake. I'd probably say it's better than the original. That's controversial, but fuck it. Um and like, you know, like Fight Club and Seven, like these are these are like 
films that are pop culture, like What's in the Box. Like everyone knows that fucking scene, even if you've not seen the film. Mm-hmm. That's true. Quite interesting. I'm looking through. Obviously, we're, we're about to go on to our number one picks, and I'm looking at obviously who we've said. I, I have a feeling I'll know who Aaron's is looking at this list, but I have no idea who yours is going to be, Jared. I don't know. It's the it's the obvious one, but is it obvious? Am I missing yeah. someone completely that you both have as number one? I've just not said mine yet. Yours, <laughs> has, been said, yours has been said, Aaron, or not? No. No, no. Wow. So you're both could be number one, okay? Uh, Aaron. No, mine's been said. Mine's been said. Nah, jokes, jokes. Like, Spielberg. you know, like if this was like the first yeah. episode of the uh, podcast, if, if this was the first episode, I would have said something pretentious. I remember the first episode we did, and I didn't say Revenge of my Revenge of the Sith wasn't my favorite film, and it was. So <laughs> maybe this is if this is a top ten music uh, bands ever. Yeah, I might have said the Beatles, but. The Beatles are the best, and so is Spielberg. Like, come on. Like, when you think of the director, like, he is the director. He is. Like, he is, he, he is I, the I director. Said like, seven, didn't I? I said he's the best director ever. Yeah, like, he... He is a Mount... He's, he deserves to be on that Mount Rushmore. Like, he, he's, like, the... Like, he's the most famous of all time, and there's a reason... Even Fableman's about his, like, early life. He's phenomenal, but I look at... I think if you look at in sports, um, when you judge someone, you don't judge someone like over like one season. It's consistency. It's how many times that someone can do it over and over and over again. And this, and same with music as well, like reinventing themselves. Someone like David Bowie or the Beatles, and Spielberg's done so many different genres, and in every genre, he's probably got a film. That's up there in the top ten, like a war film. You got like Saving Private Ryan, like yeah, you've got John like Jurassic Park. Riding, yeah, yeah, you've got Jaws, you've got uh, ET, you've got Hook, you've got it, every single like type of film. He's like been there, done it, uh, and he's got even some hidden gems that would be some other directors like best films, like Catch Me If You Can, and um, and his work, not even as a director. Like what he's done on like films like um, like Star Wars, like the help that he, he's done on that Back to the Future. He's just he's the director. He's the like person like Absolutely. to go to. Yeah, um, I've just realised. Obviously, Jared, I know who your number one is now. I realised there is no number next to his name, so yeah. it is obvious who yours is. If you if you do want to go for your number one now, because mine's not on the list, and I just want to talk like it's yeah, completely fine. different. Um, my favorite director. But... I want I want to kind of like it's not it's not what Aaron said, but like it just reminds me of a scene I saw in Lady Bird today, and it was this scene where uh, this lad goes back to her apartment and like she's looking for her CDs, and it's like, oh, all these CDs are the greatest hits, and it's like, yeah, but like they're the greatest. Like there's no point not. Den- like denying the fact that Spielberg is the best director. Like, yeah, there's a reason his greatest hits because he is the greatest. Okay. But who have you said is the greatest? But <laughs> Switch it <laughs> round, Jared. Switch it round last minute. You know you want to see Spielberg. He I, Spielberg like should have gone higher, but I'm not going to change it. I'll stick to my guns. Because this is the list of my personal favourites and Nolan, to me, is the reason I wanted to get into the film industry. 
Like, he's the reason I went to do film at university. I fucking love every single one of his films. I've watched his short films. I've watched videos of him on YouTube. Like, he is the fucking, the guy for me. Like, Oppenheimer looks like, is it Oppenheimer? Or what the fuck Oppenheimer, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it looks like it is just going to be like that film. Like like you said, the, we were saying earlier that the BFI sold out of all the Nolan films. It's because every Nolan film is good. Like, I think um, oh, there was a Swedish remake he did. Oh, man, let me find the name. Uh, if anyone can say it right now, they can jump in. Tenet. While uh, like film <laughs> is uh, uh, like dropped off, obviously in the last like ten years, um, with like the culture, you only have like superheroes and remakes. Nolan is probably one of the only directors that is like keeping the film flag going. He's shooting in film. He's doing like the IMAX. Yeah, like he's pushing he, he, boundaries. This is what I feel the issue with the film industry is becoming because you're not w- wanting to see like a new film every day. What is like you're wanting to see? When is Nolan coming out? When is Tarantino coming out? Like, and that's what it is for me. Like, the film was Insomnia, and it was oh, yeah, you, right, Al Pacino kind of just got given it and said, "Do you want it?" And he fucking directed it. It's sick. Like, it's just a sick film. And like, obviously, you know, like, like you're looking at it, like, how the fuck did you make the Prestige, which was such a fucking sick film, mm-hmm. and The Dark Knight within a year? Like, it doesn't make sense to me. Mm. Memento, I remember watching this when I was at, um, we went to the Lake District on like a lad's holiday and we watched Memento. I don't know, it was just like one of the films that was there on the DVD. So we watched it and it was so fucking good. I really watched it there and then. Like that. I but watched it back in reverse. Yeah, yeah. no. <laughs> like, the, best, the best thing is, you've already said this story on the podcast. And I know, I know. I know the same like, line I, shit after as well. No, but these like core film memories for me, like I just, Memento, like that's just one of his like fucking rando films. Mm. Like I watch videos of how he like said, this bit goes here and this bit goes here. And he like talks about it. And like, I've not even mentioned Dark Knight. Like, do I, mm. I do even have to fucking mention Dark Knight? You know what I mean? You see, like, like in the, um, you see the behind the scenes of like Inception, especially in Estella, and he's made those, he's made those sets, and like the real thing, like in in Estella, there's like, there's not as much CGI as like you'd think in a million years. Like That's what I mean, he's making like, like actual sets. The Inception where the rooms are fucking turning. He's built yeah, it yeah, he, ice, so he, could he built it. So fucking good. Yeah. Like the like like I think the only reason like Spielberg to me is probably a higher rated director is like you said he's done it in all, all the longevity genres. of it all. Like obviously Nolan, Spielberg started in seventy five for Jaws. Yeah, I, I know, I know. But Nolan well. sticks yeah. to his his zone in it. He knows what works. It's like action. You know what I mean? It works for him. Mm-hmm. He did a war film though. He did a war film. Not the best, but still good. It's still fucking great. I don't care. That's another thing. Like he's getting in like the Tarantino category, where like uh, people have different opinions, but like you, 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 you can acknowledge that they still like got masterpieces. Like they're all like really good. Yeah. What yeah, a fucking well, dude. Go on, I Jamie. Almost, I almost met this fucking dude as well. Uh, 
I know. I would have fucking loved to meet him. But what would I said to him? Like, I like your films, mate. I like, love yeah. you. You, you were telling the Lake District story. So I went uh-huh. to the Lake District, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, he was in a bookshop and I like missed it about like, five minutes. I try to think of uh, what yours is going to be, Jamie. I mean, like, I'm try- in my head, I'm like thinking Matt Damon, like, he's another actor. Uh, <laughs> he wants to do it for the girls, doesn't he? So he's going to give it to. It is a director. It's not an actor that's turned director or anything. Director. I did. I do. Wait, like is it? Hang on. Is someone done like all the musicals? All the musicals. Ba- it's not Baz Luhrmann, is it? So Please Baz don't. Ba- this no, no, no. <laughs> <too fast. laughs> I was thinking about Baz Luhrmann before. Wait, don't we don't say it. Don't say it. I think we should try and guess this. Yeah, I mean, I, I will quickly say, I mean. Obviously, it was a hard choice as well, but again, this is another joke, don't worry, but you know. Zemeckis. I was uh, thinking about who it, who it should I be. I know it, I like, know it. Thinking of the greatest movies ever made, and I was like, you talk about Hollywood epic moments. It's got to be the Russo brothers for Avengers Endgame. I'm joking. <laughs> uh, go on, Jared, no, who do you think it is? Can I, can I guess? Can I guess? Yeah, I'm going to say Zemeckis. No, you're wrong, you're wrong. It's Wes Craven. It's Wes Craven? Scream. Come on, Aaron. Oh, <laughs> Wes Craven changed horror forever. A Nightmare on Elm Street, People Under the Stairs, Scream, Freddy's A New Nightmare. He directed all of the Scream films up until number four, then unfortunately he passed away. And then they he... started getting good. And they started getting good. <laughs> <laughs> Scream 6 is really good. <laughs> uh, Scream 2022, you can't argue is better than Scream 1 or 2. But, you know. But no, Wes Craven for me is... My, I mean, you should have got that earlier, Jared. I mean, I did everything that I did in college about Wes Craven. Like, he's my favourite. No, I knew, I knew who it was. I just didn't know his fucking name. Yeah, like, Louis, yeah. like, you know what I mean? And for someone that's created the characters of Freddy Krueger and Ghostface, revolutionised horror and the slasher genre to what it is today. You had the 80s where you had nine Friday the 13th films. You had like three child's play films. You had A Nightmare on Elm Street. You had about five or six of them in the 80s. You had all of these B-movie slasher movies. It was a dying genre. You had all the rest of the Halloween sequels as well. It was just one of those that just kept getting churned out year after year after year after year after year. And by the 90s, it was dying. And then he created Freddy's A New Nightmare in 1994. And it just changed the genre, which then was the blueprint for Scream in 1996. And that gave us a whole new postmodern slasher movie which then went on to create its own little teen slasher films and then created I Know What He Did Last Summer, Urban Legend, all of Would these other films. Would you say the ultimate um, horror director? For me, yeah. Like, what about John Carpenter? Who, who like Halloween? John Carpenter only did Halloween. Oh, is that him? Yeah. What about Cronenberg? Cronenberg, what did he do to fly? And his son. No, the flying is uh, Brendan Cronenberg. He's done that Infinity Pool film that's coming out with Mia Goth being like, "What you doing, James?" You talk, you talk about the the greatest horror characters of all time: Jason Voorhees, Michael Myers, Freddy Krueger, Ghostface, Pinhead, Chucky. He's that. He's he's made two of them. You say Jamie (laughs) Carrigan. 
No, like literally. Yeah, yeah. yeah Freddy Krueger and Ghostface, like Nightmare on Elm Street. And, oh, no, and just just to make one of them, just to make one of yeah. them is incredible, but to make two of the most iconic horror and to revolutionise the slasher genre with the, the final girl theory and everything on top of all of that as well to create this franchise that's still living on beyond him as well and his his mark on what Scream has is still felt today when you watch most horror slasher movies because of what he did to that genre and nah, fair, fair play to him man. just like can you just make him like not as scary yeah, I mean I was I was just gonna say actually like it's the horror a lot of the horror uh, directors other than like James one that you mentioned before very stick to the lanes I was just looking at um uh, John Carpenter and he's literally just done like obviously the thing Halloween all very similar films um you mm-hmm. you got your Cronenberg um a, a lot of horror directors just stick to horror don't they yeah I mean I, I own every I own every single was maybe even the modern directors maybe the modern directors are like obviously like these weird A twenty four guys. Well, like I oh, said, no, you, like... Had, you had James Wan, uh, obviously, who started Island Horror, but then went into Aquaman and Furious Seven. Mm. Looking at nowadays, that came out. Ari Aster's obviously only really done uh, Hereditary and Midsummer. Yeah, uh, they call me by your name. Guy did um, Bones and All, and yeah, but. Like so, Wes Craven has done other movies. He started yeah. out really in the seventies, quite controversial with The Last House on the Left, which was a very controversial film when it came out due to the the rape scenes that were in it. Uh, and obviously, no, no. he did The Hills that ha- The Hills of Eyes as well, another iconic horror movie. Like, but then he's Does also he duds? pardon. Does he have any duds? I mean, he's done some random films with Eddie Murphy as a vampire in Brooklyn in the nineties. Complete random comedy bloody vampire horror movie he's got this is the best thing i love about where's cream because like i said i own all of his films and then there's one film randomly called music of the night which is like a, i'm pretty sure it's called music of the night it's something like that music of the heart it, it's called and it's just a drama film with meryl streep that's what i was going to say you know <laughs> I, we should do like, what? we should we should do a deep dive into like director's weirdest films like george miller doing happy feet like stuff like that. Yeah, that shit is mad. But like this, like obviously you talk about Wes Craven doing all of these, like People Under the Stairs and Hills of Eyes, Last House on the Left, Scream. Uh, but Music of the Heart is just one of those. I look at it and go, like, how have you done this? Like it came out in 1999, so after Scream and Scream 2. And it's uh, Meryl Streep, Angela Bassett, Gloria Estevan. Angela Bassett did the thing. Yeah, and it's just like, what is going on? And like I said, it's his only film that he's done that isn't really in that horror kind of uh, mainstream. But yeah, it's just a bit of a strange one. And again, he did a a film with Killian Murphy and Rachel McAdams called Red Eye, which I really, really like. And I think that's underrated as well, because I think that's a really good film. But um, yeah. I didn't realise that Rob Renard, you know, the guy who did Stand By Me, Princess Bride, Harry Met Sally, yeah. Spinal Tap, Few Good Men, Sleepless in Seattle, he did Misery. And I watched the thing, uh, him on a podcast speak about that, and I was like, why did you do Misery? Like, that's, like, not it's your thinking, film. And he was like, it just happened. Like, it just, hmm. it just, like, just came out of the blue. <laughs> mm. But, uh, 
like I said at the, at the start, I'll total up the scores. But um, at the start of the uh, the podcast, um, said I'd write down three names who I believe will be in the top three, mm-hmm. um, and number one and two is right. I just thought this other person would be in there. I did write seven names down who I think think would make that top three. Um, Quentin Tarantino, Ridley Scott. I actually thought Denise Villeneuve would have made it because obviously I know how much you guys love him. Uh, I thought maybe Edgar Wright might have an outside chance, but actually, and, and then Quentin Tarantino as well, but Tarantino just missed out. I wrote down seven names. Can you um, say all seven names? Because I feel like every one of them were on my list. Oh no, sorry. Those I said I've just I've only read out five names there who would have made the top three. Then I'll uh, then I'll go number one and two later. Oh, but, uh, okay, Quentin Tarantino, Vidley Scott, Denise Villeneuve, Edgar Wright, Steven Spielberg. Uh, they're the ones that were fighting for the third spot, really. And Quentin Tarantino got 15 points. Um, he was obviously quite high on Aaron's list, being number two. And he was, like, fourth? Fifth, sorry, on Jared's list. So he got 15 points. He was, was just beaten. That was Tarantino. He yeah. got 15 points altogether. But he was just beaten by a man that was on all of our lists. And I'd, I assume we have no arguments there. It was Aaron's number one. It was Steven Spielberg. Gave him those extra points to beat Tarantino. And then, again, I, I got number one and two right. I just got the order wrong. Um, David Fincher and Christopher Nolan. Uh, I thought Nolan would have won it, but David Fincher came out with the win. Um, Christopher Nolan got 21 points. David Fincher got 26 so, David Fincher, in our eyes, I mean, he was Where did you put Aaron's him? number three and mine and yours number two. Wow, yeah, I mean, fair play. Mm. Fair play. And, then, and again, you, you look at the catalogue of what he's done. Yeah, we, we say Christopher Nolan, obviously, Inception is the greatest move ever made. But if you talk about a full catalogue, fight. Mm. fight Nolan, seven, no, like right. I say, Nolan and Villeneuve is the, are the only ones when I look at the list that they could improve. I know Finch is still like relatively young, but I think he's like, he's peaked. Like he's peaked. Uh, where, network. where Nolan, it doesn't look like, like Oppenheimer looks like it's going to be like as big as Interstellar. And, uh, you know, obviously, Villeneuve like I said, I think Finch has kind stuff. of leaned more towards Netflix, hasn't he? Obviously, he had Mango. Yeah, yeah, he's got that massive deal He's not with having them. that big Hollywood kind of thing. Mm. Anymore. I mean, this, this new one he's got looks like it's going to go back to his roots. I've got it on my draft of 2026. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when it actually nah, comes out. Nah, you said them seven names, Jamie. Every one of them were on my list. Well, to be fair, Fincher, Nolan, and Spielberg. Yeah, yeah. Like I still, I, think, I still think Spielberg is is the is the one. He's the Beatles, but how how many points did Spielberg get? Uh, Steven Spielberg got eighteen points. And how much did Nolan get? Twenty-one points. Yeah, I don't uh, think Tarantino. I don't Tarantino think I got fifteen. Like third place. Would he have to get third to? Overtake. What's that? Sorry. How many points would he have had to needed to overtake? Who Tarantino? No, Spielberg. Oh, Spielberg to overtake Nolan. 
three points. Let's let's see the directors that you put in front of Spielberg, Jamie, on your list. Who I put yeah, ahead of him. Yeah, <laughs> I put I put ahead of Spielberg, Edgar Wright. Right, Spielberg's better than Edgar Wright. Yeah, I'm sorry, but he is. He is so he. Come on. <laughs> we all like Sean of the Dead here, but like, come on, Spielberg's better than that. Christopher Nolan. Right, okay. Uh, yeah. That's fine, yeah. James Wan. Right, if you like your horrors and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Alfred Hitchcock. You can't argue that. Can't argue with Hitchcock. Fincher. Mm. Wes Craven. Can't argue that, mate. Yeah, you you really only had right. You can put him up. Yeah, you could and, argue. And that, mine was like you could argue too, possibly if you want to exchange mm. him with James. I only would have put him up like one I, more. like I said with Spielberg. He is in that elite tier. Like if we're talking about these three directors that were in the top three, what David Fincher, Christopher Nolan, Steven Spielberg, and I'd say Alfred Hitchcock. I would happily have them on a four Mount Rushmore of the greatest directors mm. ever. Yeah, I, feel I like don't know. I don't know who else you'd put on there. Like who you could argue to take off to put in Tarantino, maybe at a push. But who would you take out of those four to put Tarantino on? Spielberg, Fincher, Nolan, and Hitchcock. To be fair, like I think when you think of directors, you probably would put Hitchcock. Uh, you probably put Kubrick. Yeah, none of us mentioned Stanley Austin Kubrick. Wells, yeah. None of us mentioned Stanley Kubrick on our list. None of us I mentioned know. Francis Co- Ford See, Coppola. No. Yeah, but like, they, it's not done enough. None of us mentioned it, Tim Burton. They've not done enough, though. Like, I know Kubrick's done, like, he's, he's not he's not done as many films as... He's like a bit like Daniel Day-Lewis. Like, everything he's done is, is pretty good, but there's not a lot of films he's done. I'd argue possibly in the conversation Martin Scorsese deserves to be up there as well. I probably should. Yeah, yeah, Scorsese does. Definitely does. I should, I should have put him probably does. on my list just for Wolf of Wall Street. But, you know, I thought Ben Affleck was better. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, you said the guy that, that, that did fucking Molly's Game. <laughs> Molly's Game is so bad. Hey, to be fair, though, I did say with Aaron Sorkin, it was mainly based on his writing. And his director of TV. All right, then. I'll change Spielberg to my number one for George Lucas as my number one, then. If we're going down this full in, like, favouritism route, hey, hey, George I Lucas him, is I my number one. I put him so, I mean, no one else is having him on his list. He can have that. George point. Lucas, Dave Filoni is my number two. John Favreau is my I've number three. I've gone for Mike White, just for White Lotus. Wow. <laughs> he directed The Bear. He's got to be up there. <laughs> I mean, we still need to do TV comedy at some point as well. Hopefully, you've watched a little bit more comedy now that you may be able to contribute Jared to a TV comedy top 10 list. Um, uh, but we did do top 10 drama last year or the year before. <laughs> so we do need to do our top 10 comedy. I mean, I could probably I could probably scrape together 10. I reckon we go big and go home. Like, I reckon we do actors. And I see think if... we need to do our top 10 comedy at some point, though. We'll just keep putting We've done comedy. Top ten comedy TV shows. Oh um, right, okay. Finish it off like we, we did drama. Yeah, but we haven't yeah. done comedy yet. Yeah, and I think we need to do TV comedy next, just so we can finally get it out. Thing is though, TV comedy is really hard because it's like, my dad was one. Yeah, but my dad was saying the other day, like when you go on, like Succession is classed as a comedy, but I would not class Succession as like oh, it, it's, it's funny in parts. Yeah, but like it's like a dark comedy. 
I'm sure it's classed as like, like a comedy. so different because Jamie loves American comedy, whereas I love British comedy. Yeah. 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 The thing is, I'm well. a bit of a hybrid, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Friends of like, like for, for me, like I do like some British comedy. Like I already know a British comedy that would be in my top three. Mm. I can tell you my number one right now. Red There's Dwarf. no point joining in. We might as well just do the top greatest uh, TV comedies now. <laughs> just close now. the list. No, the, <laughs> the greatest comedy is me on a night out. <laughs> I mean, it is true. I've got plenty of Snapchats to, to prove it. But um, no, just to confirm and finalise our greatest directors of all time. Third place went to the man Steven Spielberg. Second place went to Christopher Nolan. And first went to David Fincher. They are our greatest directors of all time. Whenever we do release another episode, make sure that you are following us wherever you listen to your podcast so you never miss an episode when they randomly drop out of nowhere. So, yeah, thank you very much for joining us and hopefully we'll be back soon with more. Goodbye.